Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. from Jeremiah chapter 28, verses 5 through 9. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Hananiah the prophet in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true and bring back to the place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. <clears throat> Yet hear now this word that I speak. In your hearing and in the hearing of all the people, the prophets who preceded you and me, 
from ancient times prophesies war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophets who prophesied peace, when the word of that prophet comes to pass, then it will be known that the Lord has truly said prophet. This is the word of the Lord. We stand in honor of the gospel. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. This is the gospel of the Lord. Jesus Christ. Amen. Political 
promises. We, we hear a lot about them, especially during the presidential campaign season. And I was just curious about what the various campaign slogans have been over the you know, past 30 years, over my lifetime. And here are some that I found, and maybe if you remember these, it may date you a little bit, but here they are. So Bill Clinton's was putting people first. George W. Bush was compassionate conservatism. I found this one interesting. John Kerry, let America be America again. Barack Obama's campaign slogan was, yes, we can. Donald Trump's, make America great again. Joe Biden's, build back better. And each of these campaign slogans brought a promise. But did their campaign promises ever come to pass? If we were honest with ourselves, we'd say that none of these campaign slogans were ever really delivered on. In our Old Testament reading for today, we find ourselves in a standoff, really a prophet off between the establishment prophet Hananiah and the prophet Jeremiah. And the two are prophesizing over the fate of Judea. Hananiah prophesied for the Babylonian captivity. Well, that is just going to last only two years. This is his campaign promise. It's going to last two years. And also, everybody who is deported, they're going to come back. They're not even going to lose one person. Also, all the vessels that are looted from Solomon's temple, those are all going to return as well to Jerusalem. Hananiah's prophecy was the politically correct prophecy, the establishment line. Imagine what his political slogan would have been. His prophecy was to break Nebuchadnezzar's yoke, so I took that as his campaign slogan. Break Nebuchadnezzar's yoke. Boom. Hananiah had a positive and popular message. Hananiah preached a gospel of health, wealth, and prosperity. His message scratched itching ears. Compare this to the prophet Jeremiah. If you look at our bulletin covers, we see Jeremiah there, and he's weeping, right? He's crying, right? And we know him as the weeping prophet for a good reason. His call was a call to hardship and suffering for the sake of God's word. He preached an unpopular message. He was a prophet of doom and gloom. The last time I checked, PR companies do not like messages of doom and gloom. Earlier in this report from Jeremiah chapter 28, we learned that Jeremiah, well, what's he doing? He's running around with a wooden yoke tied around him. So imagine him, he's like, he's in a stockade, running around with a yoke on him. And that yoke, that wooden yoke was to symbolize the, uh, the, the judgment that was coming upon Jerusalem for their unfaithfulness. So now we have the background that sets the stage for our reading. And so after hearing Hananiah's prophecy, Jeremiah in his stockade, his wooden yoke, 
he gives a hearty amen to what Ananias says. You know, Jeremiah, he's not going to speak out against peace. That's for a couple of reasons. First, Jeremiah himself had prophesied that the exiles were to come and return back to, to Jerusalem, and that God's peace is the goal of, uh, the, that God's peace is God's goal for his people, right? He's not going to preach against peace. Peace is a winning message. So Jeremiah isn't going to speak out against peace. But even in our English translations, when we hear what Jeremiah's re reaction to Hananiah is, we can hear a little drip of sarcasm when he says, Hear now the word that I speak in your hearing, and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes to pass, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. So what Jeremiah is basically saying here is, is, oh yeah, look at the past track record of all the previous prophets. They prophesied a bunch of bad things happening, right? They, they prophesied famine, war, and pestilence, okay? Hey, hey, that good thing that you prophesied, I hope it comes true. And we know that that, well, that prophecy will come true if it comes to pass. But that's a big if. This outrage on Ananiah, in response to Jeremiah's chiding, Hananiah has his own object lesson in his sermon, takes, the, takes an axe and then just breaks Jeremiah's yoke and declared again that God will break Nebuchadnezzar's yoke. He gave his campaign slogan again. He was sticking to it no matter what. And then a while later, Jeremiah comes back. But this time, it's in an iron room. And then Jeremiah comes out with a message that nobody wanted to hear. He said that this iron oak symbolized all the nations under Nebuchadnezzar. And that Nebuchadnezzar was God's judgment against the nations and against Judea. And then finally, Jeremiah then ups the ante in the prophet off by making a time-limited prophecy of his own. That Jeremiah said that Hananiah would die within the year. Jeremiah knew that God's punishment for false prophecy was death. That comes from Deuteronomy 18. And then at the end of this chapter, 28, we get just this one brief sentence that sort of closes out this whole episode. In that same year, in the seventh month, the prophet Hananiah died. Just ends there. We don't get any more about what all went on with that. And of course, Jeremiah, Jeremiah's prophecies came to pass just as the Lord told me, because he is the true prophet. You know, for us today, you know, that happened all the way back then. But how easy is it for us today to want our ears to be scratched? How easy is it for us to want to hear prophets who proclaim peace, peace, when there is no peace? The false prophets who preach the prosperity gospel, like Joel Osteen, for instance, preach a false peace. The prosperity gospel, or also known as the name it and claim it gospel, the word of faith movement, 
plays off, off of our desire to make God into a genie who is only there to fulfill our, our, our wishes and our desires. Now this false promise points to a false God. In other words, the prosperity gospel produces nothing but idolatry. Making a God in our own image to serve, to only serve us in our wants and needs and our desires for wealth and happiness. Just as all the way back then, thousands of years ago, Hananiah did. <laughs> this is not how the God of Scripture works. The God of Scripture uses the law to break us down so we can receive his gospel. The law must precede the gospel. God's law is as true as his gospel. It must condemn us of our sins before it brings to us life. The gospel brings to us life. In other words, we must plant before we harvest. In order to build up something, we must first what? Tear it down. God's law must be preached to prepare our hearts for the gospel, even when God's word is unpopular. This is the test of the true prophet. It speaks God's word both in season and out of season, both when it is popular and when it is unpopular. Jeremiah spoke the prophetic word to his generation. He spoke the law in all of its severity. I mean, think about the things he says here. War, famine, pestilence. You know, these aren't just trite words that Jeremiah is spouting out of his mouth. These are the real consequences for our sins. As we confessed earlier in service, we, we deserve nothing but God's temporal and eternal punishment. You know, if we're honest with ourselves as a result of our sins, we do deserve nothing but war, famine, and pestilence. One of my uh, seminary profs, uh, Chuck Aaron, said that if Lutherans were to have an elevator speech, uh, what it means to be Lutheran, and this elevator speech is only 30 seconds, right? You're in the elevator, you have a 30 second pitch to give what it means to be Lutheran, it would be this. Be baptized, then your life's going to, going to suck for a little bit, then you'll die, and then you're going to rise from the dead, right? That's the Lutheran elevator speech, right? And, you know, hearing with our sinful ears, right, or our sinful flesh, that doesn't sound so great, doesn't it, right? That doesn't sound so great. But we preach God's peace, not on man's terms, not on our terms, but on God's terms. In our gospel reading, Jesus speaks of the peace that he gives, but this peace paradoxically brings conflict. Father against son, daughter against mother, relation against relation. Your enemies will be of your own household. How does Jesus sound like the Prince of Peace when he comes to bring a sword? It is because Jesus brings peace, not on our terms, but on his terms. And his terms are this, that he is the prophetic word made incarnate. And as a prophetic word, he speaks to you today in these words, that you who are dead to the trespasses and circum of circumcision of your flesh, 
God made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all of your trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And in doing so, he disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Today, Jesus, the prophetic word, brings to you peace and the forgiveness of sins. That when your pastor announces to you that your sins are forgiven, they are truly forgiven according to God's good and gracious will. This prophetic word took up a yoke, a yoke of wood and nails of iron for us, so that our sins would be nailed to the cross, so that they would be forgiven that Christ's blood would cover our sins, and that he would make peace through that very same blood. And on the cross, the Son of God bore the Father's wrath for us. He stood in our place over the just judgment that we deserve for our sins. And now this prophetic word extends to you words of life, that he'll provide you of all of your needs for body and soul. Now, I can get up here, and I can just tell you that things are going to get better for you. I can tell you, I can get up here and tell you smooth things. But honestly, not every day we live as Christians is going to be hunky-dory. Christ does not promise that you're going to live your best day, that your best life now. And on a personal level, the things I say will not fix your conflict with your spouse. They will not heal a terminally ill loved one. They will not fix your wayward children. On the national and global level, we'll see, we see political conflict in this country. We see wars and rumors of wars, killings and violence. To all, to all of this, Jesus tells us today, fear not. For I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome all of the evils of this world. He has overcome sin and death by nailing it on the cross. And while things are not hunky-dory now, we know that he is coming to make all things new. You know, I was just listening to our sermon hymn, and that second verse in our hymn really says it best, you know, that though today we sow no laughter, we will reap celestial joy. All discomforts that annoy shall give way to mirth hereafter. Jesus, here I share your love. Help me bear your joy to know. So in the meantime, cast all of your cares and anxieties on him. For by believing in his name, God grants to you his eternal peace. He gives our hearts peace because we know that in him all of God's promises have come true. That in him God delivers to us his yes. As St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. The great promise that he gives to you today is that you will be raised from the dead. So that no matter what happens in this age, though neither height nor depth, nor things to come, nor things present, nor angels, nor powers, nor authorities, none of those will be able to separate us 
for the love of God in Christ Jesus and the promise of the resurrection of the dead. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. We can do that outside of Easter, right? The promises of peace in this world can only be at best an ultimate. Whether it be the promises of a modern day politician, the promises of our presidential candidates over the past few decades, or the, the promises of the false prophet Hananiah, they can only provide fleeting relief based on a house of cards. They can never provide true peace. When God's judgment comes, those promises will not withstand the test of time. And there is no quick fix solution to get out of the world's problems. Hananiah's quick fix slogan was, break Nebuchadnezzar's yoke, his campaign slogan. Yet, it never came to pass, as he said it would. Nothing he said came true. Only the youngest generation made it back to Jerusalem. And only then, from the exile, only then they, were, they saw a diminished temple, Zerubbabel's temple, and none of Solomon's vessels, none of the gold, none of the glory, ever inhabited that temple again. Now, not only that, when we look out to the world and the various political promises that are given to us today, uh, they, they're never proven to be true. America just seems to go from one crisis to another. The only true and certain promise is found in the person of Jesus Christ, who gives to us an abiding peace. He is the same word that spoke out of the mouth of Jeremiah. Jesus fulfills the test of the true prophet. Everything Jesus said came true. He said three times that he would die and that he would rise again. And everything he said came true just as he said it would. And now in us today, it is fulfilled to us mysteriously in this age, hidden in us, but it will all be fully revealed at his second coming. Jesus tells us today to take part. I have overcome the world. Praise the Prince of Peace, who is the true prophet of Israel. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith of the life everlasting. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening. <music>